0: This is Christian Kirk and you're listening to Roster Watch.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, Roster Watch Nation, welcome back to the Epic Roster Watch podcast brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Go to Underdog Fantasy right now. It's the home of all the biggest best ball tournaments, especially Best Ball Mania 3, but a million different offerings over there. If you use promo code ROSTER at sign up, you'll get a 100% deposit bonus up to $100. We're so thrilled to see so many of you taking advantage of that, uh, that awesome offer over there with our exclusive best ball partner, Underdog Fantasy. Remember to use promo code ROSTER. And get a 100% deposit bonus. If you are a pro member at rosterwatch.com, we have, of course, the best ball cheat sheet now available. And that is tailored for use over there on underdog. So make sure and use it there. Again, underdog fantasy promo code roster. All right. Our guest today, dude, who I've, I've, I've absolutely loved listening to for the past, I don't know how long I've known Johnny here. but It's probably been the last four or five years. His name's John Proctor. You can find him on Twitter at John Proctor DFS. I became introduced to him whenever he used to do the, um, the power hour pod with our good friend, Scott Barrett, who's been on the likes. John has been on the podcast. He's been on the radio show. Now he is with fantasypoints.com. Uh He does the uh, DFS podcast with Scott Barrett and Grant Barfield over there for their subscribers. You can't just put John stuff up for free. It's gotta be behind a paywall. John, what the hell's going on, brother?
2: Yeah, just uh trying to get caught up. I feel like this is the first uh season with a like real training camp in like three years. So it'll be interesting to see how this stuff goes with reporting.
1: It's wild. Are are you gonna play preseason DFS this year?
2: Yeah, hopefully. I it I was a little discouraged by how poorly the USFL stuff went. Nothing was really filling. So we'll see how the contests look in, in preseason, but definitely be out there
1: well but I'm I think Johnny isn't the, the reason the USFL stuff was there, there's there's only a few people providing content for that and nobody watches I mean the NFL there's gonna be people providing content for the preseason stuff and people are going to want to get in there for sure this is the time of year whenever we can start getting some little clues about how how, how, how usage may go
2: yeah it, no it's just uh, XFL was a lot more popular um, surprisingly than the USFL was but I don't know yeah, man, it'll, it's going to be, uh, I think people are going to be more excited because I, I feel like we're having real, real training camps. You know, it was sort of, it was sort of real last year and obviously the year before, you know, not real at all.
1: John was, for people who don't know, John was one of the basically thought of as like in the industry, kind of thought of as the preseason sort of DFS king there for a while, man. He made a big, big, big stack of cash for a few years there before, um, you know b- before it got a little bit more competitive like ha- how much more competitive is it now than it was when you were just absolutely raking with the max, int- max entering every single contest and you know just we would just see at the top of the leaderboards for every single one
2: yeah there's de- I mean there's definitely more content available um but I would say the the last 2 years it was just uh it was just harder um because the reporting was so poor because guys weren't allowed in the locker room and um so you know you were just kind of you were kind of making less educated guesses and more just straight up guesses.
1: Yeah, no, I get that. And with preseason it's all about information. We certainly have this information that's coming in now that's going to be affecting what we do with our fantasy football drafts as well. So I John is the John is my uh, ultimate online Twitter bullshit detector whenever whenever there's some kind of scandal or something going on on twitter that i can't understand man i always i'll always ping, ping jp and ask me like dude what's going on with this is, is 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 this a scam what's the story behind this so i i figured that, i figured that uh, this is the best time to kind of talk about what news is real what news is fake um and i just wanted to start out with the raiders stuff because the raiders have been in camp with the veterans and with the rookies. Uh, both have been there since the 20th. Today, we're the 26th. So, like, we've actually got some real reporting out of Ra- Raiders camp. Some of it, of course, is always speculative. But um, th- what about Josh Jacobs? Just what do you think about him this year? I talked about him on the XM show last night. And the reason I wanted to talk about Josh Jacobs is there's two very distinctly different views of, views of what's going to happen. One is Josh McDaniels is going to come in and have a complete clusterfuck of a – New England Patriots backfield. They the new regime didn't pick up a fifth-year option on him. They might not even really like him that much. They drafted Zamir White. They brought in Brandon Bolden. The guys like Amir Abdullah are there. It's, it's a clown car of these guys. You could see Josh McDaniels using using like a New England Patriots clown car of running backs. With that being said, I was listening to Michael Lombardi's podcast, who, you know, Michael Lombardi famously worked with McDaniels and with Belichick and all those guys for so long. And he says, If you have Darren Waller and you have Devontae Adams and you have Hunter Renfro and you have all these guys where they're going to have to use these kind of outside linebackers and these overhang linebackers to guard the scene, you're going to have lighter boxes. And when you have those lighter boxes, Josh Jacobs, like Josh McDaniels is going to run and and josh he he predicted that josh mcdan josh jacobs would be the beneficiary of that He even went so far to say in his podcast that if you play fantasy that that you should be drafting josh jacobs like where where do you fall like on what side of that i mean am i getting too am i getting too cock made me thinking ab- about this and just is it just easy like avoid the mcdaniels runners or what do, what like what do you
2: think <clears throat> i think i think jacobs is probably in like the best situation of the last maybe two or three years um seems like Kenyon drake there's a question as to how ready he's going to be um to start the season um i think we'll we'll likely get a little bit more news i mean he's he's there um -hmm. but how healthy is he going to be because i know there were concerns as of like a week ago whether or not he was even going to be ready for camp um and then you know zamir white not huge draft capital um so i think you know if 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 they're at the goal line Uh, it's going to be josh jacobs and we probably project this to be the best raiders offense in the last two or three years so i think you know you you know what you're going to get um he's not going to get a ton of targets i don't think um but he's going to get you know he's going to be the the like you know like the Damian harris type guy for for this offense and you know you're looking at huge games where he gets 25 carries and two touchdowns but you also get those games where the Raiders are way behind, and Jacobs doesn't do anything.
1: What about with Devont, What about with Devontae Adams? Because we had Charles Robinson that was out there at Raiders camp. He's saying, and again, there's like two sides to this. He's saying that Devontae Adams will get uh, more used more creatively this year in the Raiders scheme. He wrote not a Debo Samuel level of utility, but I think they will move him around a lot. As they can get other receivers on the same page. Bottom line, they'll work to get the ball in his hands everywhere. Of course, that's what we want from Devonte Adams. My question is, like these these offenses we're talking about the Patriots. I mean, they have a Hunter Renfro type that looks like a Patriot. They have a Darren Waller type that looks like one of these Patriot yeah. tight ends. Like, how, and how much can you really move him into the slot? Move him around creatively if you got those two guys in the slot. I I have a little bit of trouble uh, figuring that out. Um, do you think that Devontae Adams can get the same kind of volume? Are you in on him this year?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think you know the last time that that McDaniel's had a true one was probably what like Randy Moss. I mean, I you know I think there's yeah,
1: I mean the true ones have been slot guys,
2: right? Yeah, so I think he's going to have to. You know, I want to have faith that McDaniel's will you know make the offense around the the players that they have rather than just trying to you know turn it into the Patriots system. But I don't know. I think I think McDaniel's is a guy that I've I've never had a ton of faith to, to restart as a head coach after the, the last two times. But, mm-hmm. um, I, I think I worry that Adams is, is being overdrafted a little bit, um, because it's, you know, new system, new team, definitely a downgraded quarterback. Um, and they got a lot of guys, you know, Darren Waller, Foster Moreau, uh, showed some chops and Hunter Renfro is, you know, Going to they just the paid them.
1: They, yeah. they just paid that 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 little guy. So yep. of, uh so with Devontae Adams, I mean, do you, if you look at the fantasy pros average um draft position as far as their expert consensus, Devontae Adams currently wide receiver four, he's going before Stephon Diggs. And he's going before C D Lamb and before Mike Evans. Like, do you do you see are you comfortable with that? Or like, would you want to take Stefan Diggs, CeeDee Lamb, Mike Evans, any of those three before you took Devontae Adams?
2: I feel like Devontae Adams is that guy that I'm just I'm just never gonna get um in most drafts if he's you know, when he's going in the first he's a guy that I'm probably fine taking in the second round. I probably I probably take most of those guys over over him. Um, yeah. at least in terms of you know he's a he's a almost 30 year old wide receiver in a new situation going away from Aaron Rodgers you look at uh, 11 11 touchdowns last year 18 touchdowns in 2020 I just don't think he's going to have those those touchdown numbers with with Carr
1: yeah it, it, and you know people are just going to talk about and talk about they were roommates in college or you know I mean the connection in college is just I mean how much can we really bank on that when it's just yeah. you know like, like our friend, you know, Matt Kelly says, I mean, some of it just comes down to the law, of the concentration of targets. Um, CD lamb. Are you, are you like, what do you think about that? Like with Gallup coming back, I just wanted to ask you like kind of vis-a-vis CD lamb over Devontae Adams. If a gun's to your head and you're, and you're drafting right now.
2: I think, I, I think I am. Um, I, I mean, I think lamb, lamb is a guy who I'm going to be really uh, heavy on this year. Um, it just ha- you know, it has to happen. Or, or it never will, and so I think <laughs> this is sort of your, this is sort of your last chance to get Lamb at a discount if he's as good as we all we all think he is. Um, so that you know he's a guy that I'm gonna, I'm going to be really heavy on, and and you know you look at Amari uh, Cooper was saying that he doesn't have any you know qualms with with Lamb's talent that he don't he doesn't even think that he got enough opportunity last year. So I think that's going to finally finally happen.
1: The 2022 Rosterwatch Cheat Sheet is available now at Rosterwatch.com. The revolutionary cheat sheet that changed fantasy football forever is back, only at Rosterwatch.com. Winning fantasy players don't use outdated magazines or expensive draft software that's impossible to navigate. The Rosterwatch Cheat Sheet. All you have to do is follow the three simple rules. That's it, three rules. Guys, it couldn't be easier. The Rosterwatch Cheat Sheet. An expert quality draft is always guaranteed. The Roster watch Cheat Sheet, it's only at Rosterwatch.com do you, uh, we also mentioned Mike Evans in that deal, and just kind of going to Tampa real quick. I think that Mike Evans, we've seen his ADP consistently rise, especially as people realize, I mean, I just don't understand how people have just, people are just, are they memory holding the fact that Chris Godwin was hurt at like Christmas time last year? Like he's not going to be healthy for the first half of the season. Um, so, I mean, we see Mike Evans, his, his uh, ADP certainly going up. But what about this? What about Leonard Fournette? How worried are you that he comes in looking fat? I mean, he did look fat yeah. in those. He did look fat in those pictures and stuff. But his trainers now saying he's down in the, you know, in the low two forties. He, he's hoping to get to around two thirty five. He says he's going to be fine. Um, that's what he usually plays at. Uh, are you worried about Fournette? And what do you think about Rashad White? Because he's getting talked up a little bit as a dude that could, you know, benefit from this whole Leonard Fournette situation. My contention is that. I can't remember the last rookie running back that Tom Brady trusted to have his back in pass protection.
2: Yeah. I also, um, I've seen a lot of people saying that, you know, Gio Bernard's going to get cut and I don't think that's going to happen because he's basically a almost a hundred percent dead cap hit. Um, he's a million dollars and it's a $900,000 cap hit if they cut him. So I don't, I don't really think that there's a, you know, guaranteed chance that, we know who the you know who the B is in this offense, or who the number two is behind behind Fournette, and you're paying a premium for him right now because everybody has moved him up their rankings after the Fournette weight stuff. So I think this is the time to to buy on Fournette. Uh, that, I mean, the 260 was a huge concern. Um, <laughs> it's big, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, if he was going to be you know 240 pounds or so at the start of week one, um, he's a guy that I'd probably. Would avoid. Um, we've got a lot of data that you know it's much better for running backs to lose weight than to gain weight coming into the season. So I think he's one that you really, you really got to monitor. You know, because I remember the Eddie Lacy stuff. Everyone was like, "Oh, this is getting blown out of proportion," and this and that. And then he, I mean, he was fat, and he, yeah, was, dude, he was bad. <laughs> so you got, I mean, you really got to pay attention to it. If he comes into you know two thirties, which is probably a little bit heavier than than he normally would have been then i think that's fine you know but i'm i'm still not going to take him i mean at one point he was what like a, a late second round early third round pick right yeah so i think that's you know if he's gonna if he's gonna drop though he's you know he's the rare the rare opportunity for a bell cow back um at a little bit of a discount uh, it was so. You mentioned Eddie Lacey.
1: It was so funny on that day that the report came out. I saw that Eddie Lacey was was trending on Twitter. <laughs> Eddie yep. Lacy's wondering, get, look, get, Eddie Lacy hops on Twitter. He wonders why he's trending. He's like, oh wait, Leonard Fournette's fab. The <laughs> <laughs> what, what about what about the big? I think the dude the biggest news from uh, I guess Monday the twenty fifth was that James Robinson is going to avoid the physically unable to perform list. Which to, I mean to me. That's you talk about late season injuries. That was the day after Christmas, if I if yeah. I'm not mistaken, and that was a torn Achilles. You know, and yeah. they're saying that like, I now I'm not I'm not sure he'll be ready to go for camp, but the fact that he's got going to avoid the physically unable to perform list. I mean, that has reverberations not only for James Robinson himself, who is going. I mean, he's going in the what the tenth round of these drafts. Well, like at one point, I think he was like
2: fifteenth. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He
1: he's up yeah. now. He's up now in the, he's up now going 10th, 11th round area. Whereas, you know, Travis Etienne was kind of creeping up a little bit there. I mean, he's now, he was going in the sixth round. You're now seeing him go, you know, into the fourth, I think at the yeah. fantasy pros consensus, as far as managed leagues and we know managed leagues are different than underdog and stuff. I mean, it's, it's a different, a different cat as far as the, the, the drafters there, but um for these managed leagues, we're looking at a, four or five turn kind of pick for etn i just wondered we saw james robinson be a three down back before who can catch the football that's sort of travis Etienne's calling card is this going to neuter both these guys like how, how do you see it playing out with the jacksonville running backs
2: yeah and i mean the last time we saw uh doug peterson it was all it was always committees with him right am i oh, am yeah. i remembering this right yeah <laughs> yes, i mean yes. i think i think people were were Way too excited on the the idea of um Travis Etienne being some sort of you know bell cow type, which I don't think was ever even what you're drafting him for in the first place. Um, so well, I
1: well, they wanted Kadarius Tony, and right, and and then the, since they couldn't get Tony, they're like, well, maybe Etienne could play the same role that we wanted to play, that we wanted to have Tony play. Like that kind of right. shows you a little bit about how they plan to use him. That's a different I mean, staff.
2: But. yeah and and well peterson peterson had what three or four years of of sproles back in back in the day i think so, so yeah i think so so i think i think we probably should plan to see you know something along those lines um you know sproles was a fantasy asset every year but he was never like a top six top eight kind of guy he never really had that kind of ceiling outside of games when when other guys missed um so I think I think that's kind of cuz it was uh oh man the guy from the Chargers and uh Darren Sproles were the were the two um Ryan Matthews mm-hmm. right yep. yeah so I I would I would imagine we see something like that with with Robinson and and Sproles um you know we've seen how Peterson did it before and why not why not again but I think I think on the Achilles we just have to accept that uh you know these guys aren't taking 16 months to come back anymore. And I don't think that's ever going to happen again. Cam Akers and, you know, he came back and he wasn't, he didn't
1: look as good. Um, right? They're saying he's fully, recovered. but if Deontay Form came back. He had a longer time frame since he had the Achilles tear. Whenever he came back, he, you know, he kind of showed that a guy could come back from one of these. What Speaking of Akers, what do you, what do you think about Akers? He's going around the same time in these drafts as, ezekiel elliott and david montgomery do you have a favorite in that kind of tier of that tier of running backs you're kind of taking your running back to there in the there in the fourthish round
2: it's acres for me um i think you know speaking of foreman i think he showed us that you know once these guys really get back to form i mean foreman looked as good as he did when he you know came in the league it, maybe even better um and i think we saw that uh you know the Rams want acres to be the bell cow. If he can be, Um, he just wasn't up to that. So it's one of those, if if he looks as good as he did before the injury and he gets that, you know, Todd Gurley role, then, you know, he's, he's got the chance to be, you know, RB one overall. And that's the kind of ceiling that you're really not getting with a lot of those other guys. And in that, in that range. I
1: know you're. You know, uh, John. John plays. You know, DFS and does a lot of this stuff with fantasy points. But he's transitioning careers now from being a lawyer, where he's a real, real arguer and understands the, the, all, the all the all the parlance that goes with that. Let me throw float my theory by you about Alvin Kamara and his and his looming suspension. You can tell me whether you think this makes any sense from a legal standpoint. Okay, so with Kamara, the report came out from Pro Football Talk a while back saying they're expecting six games, six plus games is what they were bracing for. Okay. From the incident that happened in Las Vegas on before the pro bowl, the Las Vegas Metro police department alerted the NFL to this uh, possible issue before the pro bowl was even played. The NFL told Alvin Kamara that he could play in the pro bowl. Um, Does Alvin Kamara and his representatives have any chance of saying to the NFL, when they come to him with six games saying, look, we are going to appeal this, and we're going to appeal it in a big way in the public eye, and we're going to say, well, how could you be so hypocritical that you let me play in, in the Pro Bowl when you wanted to make money off of that? But now you're going to suspend me for six games. How about we take this thing down to three games, and we'll just we'll squash it right now in a uh, kind of undercover appeals process before we blow it up. It feels like to me they could have some leverage to do something like that, and people right now are projecting Alvin Kamara to, to miss six games, whereas if you project him to miss – only three that really changes up is you know where you would be comfortable taking him from 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 an ADP standpoint
2: I'd be shocked if he got six I mean it it just it just seems I've never really understood where where that has come from I mean we look at we look at Deshaun Watson's probably going to get eight um (laughs) and Kamara you know was in was in a you know a fight and he's gonna get six i just i don't i don't think six is is what he's gonna get and a lot of times these 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 like uh reports on how many games a guy is gonna get a lot of times the this is my conspiracy theory is that the nfl likes to leak these numbers and just sort of see how the public reacts to the you know quote-unquote anticipated suspension and i don't think when that six game leak sort of came out, everyone seemed like they thought it was insane. So I don't think he's going to get six. And I don't even know if he's going to get suspended this year. Um, his uh, court date has been postponed, what, two or three times now? It mm-hmm. yep. was supposed to happen August 1st. And I'm not sure if that's going to go forward or not. And oftentimes, when these, uh, like once the season starts, the courts are usually pretty open to just kicking the can down the road and, you know, until like the end of the season, if that happens. So he may not even get suspended this year.
1: Which would represent just a complete fire sale right now on Alvin Kamara. I think I need to move him up a little bit. Just in in anticipation of that, just in case, in case it could possibly happen. All right. I have one more question for you, John, before I get to the last two, uh because i need to give you time to think about it i didn't send you a show sheet or anything so the last two questions i ask you is a player who you sure you're sure is going to overshoot expectations this year and a player who you sure you're sure is going to bust like based on their adp like that you're sure is going to bust and one that you're sure is going to go big okay but before i ask you about that i want to ask you about the denver running backs and the fact that there's not a single damn reporter in denver who will come out and say that Javante Williams is going to carry the football more than Melvin Gordon. It's like n- nobody's saying it. They're acting like it's like we're starting out from a 50-50 split that we ended up last year as, which was exactly what it was. They each carried the ball 203 times last year. And the, all the reporters are saying like it was a 50-50 split. Um, and it appears the Broncos aren't in any hurry to, to shove extra carries in either back's direction. To me, it seems crazy. To, I mean, what do you think? What do you make of this whole situation with Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon in Denver? Because I mean, they're going eight rounds apart. You, you know, you're having to spend a pick at the two, three turn on, on Javante Williams.
2: Yeah, I think the Javante Williams ADP is is insane. Um uh, you, I mean you're you're paying you're basically paying a second round price tag in hopes that you get a guy worth a first round pick if Melvin Gordon gets hurt. Like that just sort of seems like <laughs> what you're doing um yeah. because if melvin gordon doesn't get hurt i mean melvin gordon javante williams was better than melvin gordon last year sure but he wasn't that much better than him last year and i don't see why they would you know give him 90 percent of the work all of a sudden after you bring gordon back they you know i think it's going to be what 60 40 and do you really want to pay a second round pick for a guy who you know is going to alternate big games with with melvin gordon like he did last year i don't do you no no (laughs) okay
1: okay,
2: yeah i mean it's i think i think you want to have you know if you're doing 150 drafts on underdog or whatnot you want to have some exposure to him because of the upside you get but i think i would be underweight on the field and i'd probably be overweight on on melvin gordon because i think he is the best bet to be you know you you talk about a handcuff or, or whatnot you're he's the best handcuff in the league And he is going to give you, you know, like some flex value and probably some top 10 weeks on his own. And he goes in what, like the ninth round. Yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah, man, I I think we're, I think we're completely in in line there. I'm going
1: to do, I'm going to do a, A little bit of a promo read here for underdog. And you can think about those two tough questions that I, that I, that I gave you. So uh, again, you can go to underdogfantasy.com, use promo code roster, uh, 100% deposit bonus up to $100. That'll get you what, five entries into best ball mania or four entries into best ball mania for free uh, just by using promo code roster. Whenever you go over to underdog fantasy and sign up again, promo code roster. We've been here with John Proctor. You can find him on Twitter at John Proctor. PROCTORDFS and um, there you can find all of his all of his various uh, tweets and thoughts and I'm sure that you'll be tweeting out stuff whenever you guys get the podcast schedule going over there at fancy points but could not recommend the meeting of the minds but but between Johnny and Scott and having Graham on there has been a cool addition as as well. So you're gonna get information there that you you won't be able to find anywhere else. Um, always recommend doing that. Also, if you enjoy the podcast, please of course rate review. If you're watching this on YouTube, if you could please, well, what they tell me to say, like uh, so, like and subscribe <laughs> on there and leave a comment. Okay, so Proctor, we gotta get out of here with two two tough questions. The one player just based on their ADP, the the one that's going to definitely definitely overshoot where he's being taken right now
2: i think i'm gonna stick on the denver side and i think uh judy and Cortland sutton uh, i think both of them we're gonna look at next year and be like you know we we should have had both of them higher uh with russell wilson there and i think these are two guys that you know were sort of injury injury concerns over the last two years and no quarterback play and then you you bring russ in and And you just look at, and I I heard uh, the fantasy footballers were talking about how it felt like um, when Peyton went into Denver, and everyone was uh, just really, really wrong on where they ranked Demarius and uh, Eric Decker. So it definitely, I think, I agree with them that it feels like that. And Judy, I think Judy and Sutton are just gonna, just gonna explode. And and I'm, I'm not into the Tim Patrick stuff.
1: That's a good point that, that that they made. That's a good point that they made. Um, same same, same team and all. So, I mean, Sutton's going as wide receiver 20 right now. Judy's going as wide receiver 25. Is that like, do you prefer Sutton to, to Judy in a vacuum? I mean, they're both going fifth round. They're both going around the same time. But in that fifth round, there's just a bunch of wide receivers coming off the board.
2: Yeah, I I, I probably prefer Sutton like a little bit. But I don't prefer him enough to where, you know, I want to have 70% Sutton or anything. I I want to have a lot of both of them. All right, Proctor. Give give the people the bad news.
1: Give all the give all the losers and the haters the bad news that they just won't be able to take.
2: <laughs> yeah, I think it's uh Darren Waller is a guy that I <laughs> probably just will not draft this year. Um I think Waller was a guy who really uh benefited from sort of being the the only show in town uh the year that he blew up. Uh now you've got Renfro and Devontae Adams, and I just think that's you know you're paying what a he's going what tight end four mm-hmm. five something around that range i just don't i just don't think i can i can pay that kind of a price tag for a guy that i mean at, at one point last year he was like an unusable um when he was playing dinged and, and renfro was crushing so he's a guy i'll probably end up with like near zero uh exposure to